Hey friends, after recording the episode that you're about to hear, I realized that it's coming out on my birthday. So today is my 49th birthday. I am so grateful for this past year and so grateful for you and for this amazing community that is forming, the BU Collective. If you'd be willing to, for my birthday gift, would you take your favorite episode and share it with a friend and then tag me and let me know what you loved about it? It would mean so much to me. Enjoy the episode. There is nothing more inspiring than a woman being unapologetically herself. The answers are all in your heart. She's waiting, she's waiting, she's waiting for you to set her free. Welcome to Be You Podcast. I'm Jill Herman and I am so glad you're here. I was broke, insecure, and craved approval. But with grit, hustle, and sacrifice, I still built a successful multi-million dollar business. 10 years in, burnout, I slowed down and looked inward. In that silence, I discovered that the same level of success could have come to me with much less effort and so much more joy. That's when I threw out the expectations of the world and chose to unbecome every single thing I thought I was supposed to be. And the real me was uncaged. It was far from easy. And in this podcast, I'll offer my entire journey as a roadmap so that if you're ready, you can finally be you. Hello, BU Collective. I can't wait to dig into this topic today. So we talk about success a lot on social media, off of social media, in conversations with friends and family. And I really think that the word success gets diluted, it gets misunderstood, it gets put into a box, and sometimes we forget to look what's underneath the word success and ask ourselves, what does it really take to be successful? The obvious answer is hard work, a good attitude, right? Grit, hustle. You got to dream big. You have to believe it can happen. Now, I say that with a bit of sarcasm. All of those things are true. But what about those secret ingredients? What about the secret sauce that some people have that gets them the results that other people desire, dream for, wish for, pray for, want so badly? Well, I had the privilege of working with hundreds of women in my own organization and thousands of women in other organizations over the course of 13 years. And the observation that became abundantly clear to me with regard to these secret ingredients of success came to me probably about 10 years into my career. And when I started spending my energy and time on and with the people in my business who possessed these success ingredients, I not only saw results from them and their confidence grow. But the biggest gift to me was that I then had more time. I didn't feel frustrated. I didn't feel like there was something I was doing wrong in coaching and mentoring business partners. Have you had that experience? And it doesn't really matter what career you're in. I mean, let's say you're a hairstylist and you have hairstylists who report to you, they're on your team, or you're the owner of the salon, or you're a teacher and you're a department head. This concept applies to so many, if not every career. It also applies to 
conversations outside of business. So if you are not in a business, you don't have a career, your career, right, is raising humans, which is such an important career, this still applies. This applies also to goals regarding your health, you know, wanting to lose weight, wanting to become fit, wanting to run a marathon, wanting to quit, you know, sugar, stop smoking. Success is success. No matter the area of life, it's applied to. So before we break down what I call the three success ingredients, and before I share with you my own experience in greater detail with what this looks like in real time and in real life with real humans, I want you to ask yourself three very important questions. It doesn't matter the goal you are trying to reach. The three questions are, what do I want? When do I want it? And what am I willing to do to get it? So what do I want? Obvious answer, right? I want to get in shape. Let's dig deeper than that. What do you really want? You don't just want to get in shape. Well, I mean, if no one's going to judge me, if no one's going to hear this answer, I want to look better in my jeans. Okay. So you want to look better in your jeans. What does that look like? Well, I want them to fit without me sitting in a chair and having stuff like hanging over the sides. I'm not really a fan of that. I also don't want to eat a meal and then have my pants feel so tight that I have to unbutton them secretly under the table. Not that I'm speaking from experience. Okay, so when do you want that? Well, be nice to have it today. Okay, so let's be realistic without sabotaging ourselves. When do you want that? I would really like to have those pants fit that way in the next 90 days. Great. What are you willing to do to get it? Well, uh, <laughs> what are you willing to do to get it? I, I don't know. Right? So these three questions are so important and you need to journal to find the answers. Write them out. The answers will come to you. And maybe the answer is, honestly, I don't really think I care that much. <laughs> That's okay. Freedom lies there. There's freedom that comes from discipline even though it feels the opposite, discipline feels constrictive, but it's not. It gives you freedom, right? And there's also freedom in saying no. It feels so good to say no to something that really does not align with who we are at our core. So what if I I journal and I realize, you know what? It's just not that important to me. I mean, I'm saying that because I think I should look a certain way at my age. But to tell you the truth, I don't really care that much. Okay, move on to the next topic. What do you want? When do you want it? What are you willing to do to get it? Okay, so what are these three success ingredients? Well, let me give you a little background and tell you how these came to be. So in the business and career that I had for, as I've told you before, over 10 years, it was around 13 years, I was someone who wanted everyone to win. Now, some of that was healthy because I like to help people and I want people to win, period. Some of it was unhealthy. Some of it was enabling and codependence. You know, I felt guilty. I had low self-esteem because if I was winning and they weren't, right, then I had to apologize for that and edit myself and downplay myself. Can you relate? So what I did is I would overcoach, overtrain, overmentor. I would bargain. I would bribe. <laughs> I would beg. I would jump through hoops. I wanted it more than they wanted it, 
but I was going to figure out some way for them to get it because I wanted it for them. And I believed that they really wanted it for them. But the truth is they didn't want it badly enough to actually do what it would take to get it. Now, again, this isn't just about work. There is mindset that's involved, right? There is a way of being involved to reach goals. But what what are the three ingredients that were consistent across the board in people who were successful? Now, this is a pretty large sample size, right? And I have found that I have then shared this with people in other professions. And they've said, oh my gosh, I I know someone who has a, a large team of realtors. And she said, this is so true. And as the leader, she realized she was spending so much time investing in the people who didn't have these ingredients. And one, those people were relieved when she stopped. And two, she then found peace. You know, when you look at your energy, you can look at it as picture a parking lot, right? There are only so many parking spaces in the lot, or there are only so many seats in a theater. And when we free up one of those spots or two or three of them, or a row of seats, or one even, we now have freed up space and energy for something else to take its place. So when we are not spending all of our time trying so hard to help someone get somewhere where they say they want to go, but they're not willing to do the work to get there, when we give that up and let that go, we have space that allows us to become more of what we are supposed to be. So when it comes to these success ingredients, these three secret ingredients, when you spend your time, I'm talking to you leaders, when you're spending time while loving everyone, accepting everyone, you know, still making sure every person has a system to follow, every person knows, you know, where to find what they need, they know what they need to do, but you're investing your precious time, your mentoring, your coaching, right? into the people with these three success ingredients, they will grow abundantly. You will grow abundantly again because you have that freed up space, mind space, energy space, right? Actual physical time. You don't have as much stress. So you're at a higher vibration. So your your state is more positive. So you will attract more positive things. When you do that, everybody wins. Now it will feel at first like a loss. If you are a leader in any capacity and you decide after this episode, I am done carrying people on my back. I am done wanting things for people more than they want them for themselves, even my own kids when it comes to their grades or trying to make the volleyball team, right? I am tired of wanting it more than they want it and exhausting myself when they don't really care that much. When you make the decision to put up that healthy boundary and say, you know what, Gina? Let's see if you want this. Let's use this as a litmus test. Do you have these three success ingredients? If you don't, no shame in that game at all. If you do, giddy up, let's go. Now, again, this isn't about abandoning them. Those of you out there who are wired like me because of past experiences, you might hear this as ditching people. No, 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 no. You're setting them free, right? In a good way. They still know where to find you. You've got the light turned on. You've left the light on for them. They know where you live. They know how to find you. They've got a system. They have a map. They know what they're doing. But you are no longer their everything. 
they can still find their own level of success. But it won't take you. Now, if you're not in a situation where you're leading, coaching, mentoring, or supervising anybody, this applies to you personally as well. Again, if you just want to stop eating sugar, or if you want to get through medical school, or you want to double your income in your network marketing business, this is for you. So in my own experience, this isn't something that was just told to me. I experienced this firsthand for four consecutive years. What I experienced was that when I embraced these, used the test on myself, and then used this to decide whether or not I was going to invest my time in people. Now, I believed in everybody. Again, wished well on everybody. But the people I would spend time with when I made the decision that it would only be the people that had these three success ingredients, I can't even tell you what an awesome result came about. With my health, I felt better. I wasn't as stressed. I had more time with my family. I stopped resenting people and the business I was building. I enjoyed hobbies. I found time I didn't even know I had. I had time to go out and grow the business. And the people, by the way, that I was mentoring, when they saw that I was giving my all to just them, because they were the ones who deserved it, remember there's a difference between need and deserve, respond to deserve, not to need. When those people who deserved my time saw that I was focusing on them, they weren't just grateful. They responded. They responded by growing their sales, by doing more events, growing their business, not as a payback to me, but because one, they were getting more of my time. So they were getting more attention and coaching, right? But it also made them feel more appreciated and more valued. They looked around and saw who was in the game and who wasn't. Right. And I was, you know, taking the, the, the kids, so to speak, in an analogy here who weren't showing up for practice. Right. And I was spending more time trying to get them to see the value in attending practice when I was ignoring the kids that were there with their shoes laced up, ball in hand, stretched, you know, water drank, ready to go. How do you think it made those people feel? Not very good. And then the people in the quote unquote hallway right, who were stragglers and not showing up on time or not coming to, quote, practice, you might say, well, I bet that made them feel good. That's what I used to think. It didn't make them feel good. Now, reaching out there and saying, hey, I care, just so you know, I'd love to have you here. Here's what it takes. That's one thing. But I'm talking about hovering. I'm talking about begging. You can do it. I know you can do it. I know you want this. I told you, I remember you telling me why you wanted this. And and you go into this position of lack, where your vibration is low and you're almost groveling. And one day you wake up and you say, what what am I doing? They don't even want this that badly. Why am I spending my time wanting this more than they want it? And when you're looking at yourself, which I did, you can ask yourself using these three success ingredients, if I don't have all these, then that's why I'm not getting the results. It's not because I'm a loser. It's not because I'm, I'm bad at this. It's not because, you know, Sally has gifts that I don't have and Mary has more money and Jane has a more supportive spouse. It's just because I don't have these. That's not hard. Let's go. I find it very empowering. Okay. So you ready? The first success ingredient 
is being teachable and coachable. People who are teachable and coachable are open. They are willing to let go of being right. They are willing to let go of past experiences, of opinions of other people, of what they thought was true about what you're about to teach them. They are willing to take their ego and set it down and say, you need to be quiet right now. I'm taking over the driver's seat. The people who are teachable and coachable are willing to follow systems, even if they don't understand them, even if they're not sure that they make sense. They don't just not understand them because they haven't learned them yet. Like they don't get it. They're like, this. I don't think this is going to work. They take that thought and they throw it out and they say, you know what? The person coaching me and teaching me has gone before me. They are 10 steps ahead of me and I'm going to follow them. Right. I'm in a yoga class and I've, I'm new at yoga. I don't have to be brand new, but I'm fairly new. And I have a, a teacher who's got hundreds of hours of teacher training. And I'm going to not position my foot the way she says, because I think I know more. Right. I'm teachable and coachable when I am successful. And when you look at a student, this is a great way of illustrating this point, you know, for all three of these, but let's look at a student. They need to be teachable. They can't just be smart. They can't just have supportive parents. They can't just be driven. They have to be willing to let you teach. And teachable and coachable means all the time, even when it doesn't make sense, even when it doesn't feel good, even when your ego says, hell no. Not just on Mondays, teachable and coachable. I tried CrossFit a while back and I did it for, I think, probably about eight to 10 months or so. I was a chronic restarter. What's new, right? But if you ask my coaches, I was very coachable. I would put my hands in the position they told me. I would put my knees in the direction they advised. And I I remember thinking to myself, why would I question what these people are teaching me when they know more? Now, this doesn't mean you're going to ignore intuitive hits and downloads, you know, and pings from your heart or your belly or your gut, right? That's different. But as far as like learning a new skill, achieving a goal, Follow the experts and let them teach. The second success ingredient is to have a burning desire, a fire in your belly. A burning desire for what? A burning desire just for success? I used to think that was okay. And in fact, I would teach that and train on that. And I realized that's my insecurity coming out. I want to be liked. So I want everyone to like this message. So I'm going to say that you can just have a burning desire for success. That's not true. If you just have a burning desire for success, but this particular goal just isn't that important to you, you're not going to achieve it. I love being successful. I can be almost addicted to it, but I'm not in the best shape of my life physically because I'm not committed to that right now. I don't have a burning desire for that and I'm okay with that. So what does the burning desire look like? Have you ever read the book by Simon Sinek called Start With Why? If you haven't, I highly recommend it. A lot of us focus on the how, right? When the why is clear, the how appears. Have you heard that? When the why is clear, the how-to appears. The why is very, very important. You and I have to have a deep connection to and an understanding of and clarity around why in the hell we are going for this goal or wanting this thing. Why do I want to stop eating sugar? Oh, because someone told me it's good for me. Yeah, that's not going to last long. 
why? What is underneath that? What's the why under the why? What's under that? And 10 layers under that, what's that? Oh, that's why. So for me, I'll give you a goal. I was going to nursing school with a three and a half month old baby and I was breastfeeding. And she and I also uh, contracted chickenpox and, and I became very, very ill. And my desire, my desire for completing nursing school in my late 20s, going back to school as an adult, right? Talk about an eco check, completing a difficult program with a baby at home. My desire had to be on fire to be able to do that and do it well and with obstacles in the way. When I built a business that I knew nothing about, and if you heard my first episode, if you haven't listened to that, you know, the meet Jill first episode could look like it's just superficial. I live here. I, I have kids. I actually share a lot of life lessons in that. I would love for you to hear, to listen to it and let me know your thoughts. But in that episode, I talk about how I went from being a nurse to building a business in a profession that I didn't understand, that I totally judged, that I was terrified of, while having anxiety, lots of insecurity, almost paranoia when it came to what people thought of me, completely controlled by my past, um, bathing in guilt probably three times a day at least. And I built that business primarily because I had a fire in my belly, my burning desire was so strong that if you asked me why in the world are you doing this, I would have to hold back the tears, right? You want it to give you a lump in your throat, gooseys on your arms. You want it to feel. So that desire that you have to reach that goal, to get that thing, whatever it is, this is what's going to keep you going when the roof caves in and the dog dies, right? Which is going to happen. When people tell you you can't, even the most important people in your life. I remember people, a very close friend and a family member, both in the same week, emailing me, letting me know. Now they were doing it out of love, right? They were also doing it out of fear. (laughs) How could it be both? Well, they loved me, but their own fear was being triggered. But I see it as they were trying to protect me. But they were emailing me, letting me know that I was making a very bad decision. They didn't call me. We didn't have a conversation. They let me know in the email that the business I was about to launch, that I had told them I was launching, was something that I shouldn't do and that it would be crazy for me to do. Well, because my desire was so strong, I heard that. I allowed it to offend me because I hadn't looked at myself deeply enough at that time. But then I moved forward. So your burning desire, that second success ingredient is what's going to keep you going when you have the naysayers and critics, but when life happens and when you just don't feel like it, you don't want to, right? I tell my kids all the time that, you know, you've got this muscle that you may not even know you have. You first have to identify it, right? You first have to agree that you need it, right? That you identify that muscle. And then you've got to work that muscle. It will be very, very, very flaccid. Then it will be very weak. And then it will get stronger very slowly. It will have muscle memory. But you do need to keep going back and hitting those weights. So that muscle is the muscle of perseverance, right? The muscle of doing something when you don't want to do it, when you don't feel like it, when you're tired. 
when your bed is warmer than getting in your cold car to go to the gym during the winter, right? When you really want to watch TV or binge out on Netflix with your partner, but your goal is calling you from the other room, you have to have a why, a fire, a burning desire that will get you through all of that because you will have so much that will try to stand in your way. Not occasionally, but every single day, day after day after day. And of course, the biggest obstacle will be yourself. So within this second success ingredient, within burning desire, come the five levels of commitment. I would love to claim these as my own. You would probably comment and say, wow, you're pretty sharp. This is pretty amazing. I did not invent this part. This came from a personal development course that I took four or so years ago that kicked my butt. And it was such a gift. So the five levels of commitment. Picture me stacking them one on top of the other. Level one will be on the bottom and we'll go up to level five. Now, the first thing to know about these levels of commitment, this is all again within the second success ingredient of burning desire. These levels of commitment, there is nothing wrong or bad about being at any particular level at any time of your life or of the day. It is what it is. It's okay. Just be aware. I just want you to have awareness around this because then you can be honest with yourself and with others. Am I really committed to this or am I just pretending that I am? Am I fooling myself? Am I trying to fool you? This is where freedom comes. So the first level of commitment is I'm not committed. Like I just don't care. I just don't care. Number two, hoping, wishing, wanting. I hope, I wish, I really want. I hope I will reach that goal. I really, really, really want to lose 20 pounds. Oh, I wish I could be debt free. Hoping, wishing, wanting. If you even hear it in my voice, right? The energy increases in a positive direction with each level. So the third level of commitment is I will try. I'll try. I'm going to try. Yep. Are you coming to the barbecue? I'm going to try to make it. That means no. (laughs) So what does Yoda say about try? You're just not going to get there. Now, if you give it your all, right, and you don't make it, that's not trying. Trying is you're not fully committed. You know you're just going to, right? You're just going to sort of try. It's the way we get out of being accountable to ourselves and to others. When we say we'll try, we know we're not going to. So it'd be great to remove it from your vocabulary if you're willing to. You know, it, hey, are you going to um, be at that meeting? You you might say, Jill, no, it is accurate. I, I'm going to try because I don't know if I can. Or rather than saying I'll try, because that does translate as no, or I don't really care that much. What if you said, you know what? I've looked at my schedule and I have a lot going on that day. If it turns out that I have the the bandwidth to come, I will send you a text and let you know if I'm coming. And if it just turns out that I just don't, I'll let you know that I'm not. Okay, so level three of commitment is try. The fourth level of commitment, I love this one. This is where a lot of us live a lot of the time. I'm committed. I'm committed. Yeah, I'm committed. Unless. 
I'm committed unless it's uncomfortable. I'm committed unless people tell me no. I'm committed unless it takes too long to reach that goal and then uh, I'm not so committed. I'm committed unless it's the weekend. I'm committed unless I go to the party and I don't see any gluten-free food there. Not so committed anymore. I'm committed unless, right? This is where you need to seal that hatch and say there is no escape. You're either committed or you aren't. But many of us say we're committed and the truth is we're only at a level four. We're committed unless. And it's okay to be there, by the way. It's okay to say, eh, I'm at a level four. See, there's no shame in this game. You can't, you can't look at this and say that it's bad and wrong. You shouldn't be here or there. No, you are where you are. But the honesty is what's going to bring you all kinds of peace. Okay. The fifth level of commitment is I am committed whatever it takes. Mm. I mean, that's badass right there. Yeah, I'm doing it, period. I don't need to have a conversation about it. Yes, I am. I'm doing it. How? I don't know. When? Mm. I'm working on that, (laughs) but I'm doing it. When you and I decide that we are committed whatever it takes, that means we are doing it. So how does that bring peace? Doesn't that bring anxiety? Isn't that stressful? Isn't that stressful to hear that I have to do whatever it takes? No, because you don't have to do whatever it takes. You've decided to do whatever it takes. Now, here's a disclaimer. That doesn't mean you're willing to hurt people or (laughs) do things that we should not do. I know we shouldn't should on people, but you know what I'm saying. When it comes to level five, committed whatever it takes, it doesn't matter how long it takes. It doesn't matter how bad I suck. It doesn't matter how many people make fun of me, how many people tell me I can't, how many people tell me no. It does not matter because I will figure it out come hell or high water. Somehow, I will make this thing work. I'm committed to this marriage, whatever it takes. I'm committed to this goal of selling $10,000 worth of I don't know, whatever it takes. I remember when I was going for goals in the past and when I was committed, whatever it takes, I mean, I literally at the 11th hour on the last day of the month was getting, was reaching that quota. I would figure it out somehow. And then at the end of the day, right, once I had that attitude and gave it all of my all, if it didn't happen, then I let it go. But the commitment level never dropped. The commitment level was all, all in. Does that make sense? So it's impossible, by the way, for you and I to be at a level five commitment in multiple areas of our life at at the same time with different goals, right? I'm committed whatever it takes when it comes to losing 25 pounds. Okay. I'm also committed whatever it takes, no matter what, to reaching this goal for work. You could probably do that too. But when you have too many going at once, it's okay to say, this week, I'm committed in less. That's when I'm going to choose something called strategic imbalance, right? I'm going to choose to be out of balance, choose to give it my all, choose to say I'm committed whatever it takes right now. But I know that it's not going to last long because it's not good for me. It's not good for my other goals, right? I can't juggle too many balls at one time. I will then put it down strategically and I will pick it up again in a week. So you can do that. 
But the main message here with the levels of commitment is just awareness. Where are you in every area of your life with these levels of commitment, with everything that you keep saying you want? And my hope, honestly, isn't that you say, I'm committed whatever it takes in these three things, and then you go for it. That's great. But my real goal with this is for you to actually accept where you are and be okay with it and be willing to let some things go. Like there are some things that I know that I could do to make me look younger. And at this juncture, I'm not committed to that. I'm at a, you know, level one. I really don't care that much. Now, it doesn't mean in a year you won't see me (laughs) do something. I don't know. But that's an example. Like when it comes to my health, I would love to tell you that I've been at a level five commitment with my health. Because of my background, I know a lot about nutrition, prevention, wellness, you know, the holistic world. I knew, I know a fair amount. But what am I actually implementing and doing day in and day out? The action is going to tell you how committed I really am. So I, I told you I would be myself in this podcast because I want, want I want you to be yourself. So I will out myself and tell you that when it comes to my health, I am way, way more committed than I ever have been. And I'm so proud of that. But I'm not exercising. <gasps> Did she really say that? Yeah, I'm saying it. Right? There are, I can give you excuses. You might go, that's actually a pretty good excuse. You know, I have some reasons that get in my way, but I could do something. I definitely could do something. I could be doing hand weights and, you know, doing some stretching, a little bit of Pilates, and that won't hurt my back. But I let my back be the excuse to do nothing. So I would like to say, have you ever done this? You say that you're committed because you've told yourself the lie for so long. I am absolutely committed. My health is just so important to me. Okay, well, let's look at your actions. Where are you spending your time and where are you spending your money? I said time, right? Because you can have memberships all over. I've done that. (laughs) Okay. So we've talked about the first success ingredient, which is being teachable and coachable. The second success ingredient, which is to have a burning desire. Within the burning desire, we talked about the five levels of commitment. What else makes people successful? What is the third secret ingredient for success? It is to actually show up consistently and do the work. I mean, yes, that's obvious, but let's look beneath the surface here. You can't just show up and quote, do the work. Are you doing it consistently day in and day out? And are you patiently allowing yourself to do this over a long period of time? There's where it starts getting a little sticky. I'm consistent. You know, I am posting every day. I'm doing this. I'm making my calls. I am working so hard, right? I've heard that from people. I'm working so hard. Why is this not happening? Well, you haven't given it much time. There are lessons you need to learn that only God, the universe, whatever word you want to use, knows that you need to learn. And you need time to be able to learn those lessons. That muscle of consistency isn't strong enough yet. Or perhaps your ego is being worked on while you're showing up consistently and doing the work. It's like, you know, cleaning your house and doing all kinds of work, not just when you're getting ready to have a party, right? It's what you're doing behind the scenes when no one's looking, when no one's watching, when you're tired, when you don't feel like it, when everything is telling you that you can't. 
I thought that was desire. No, this is how desire is manifested in your actions with consistent work, little by little, one foot in front of the other. Mistakes, failures, mess ups. Embrace the suck, as Brene Brown says. I swear a little bit, so I'll apologize to those who are offended by that, but I'm, I'm going to be myself. So I, I, Elizabeth Gilbert is one of my favorite authors, and she says, you know, you just have to be willing to eat some shit sandwiches. And that's what I would say about work, about goals, about success. You got to show up. You have to be willing to do the work that people don't want to do when no one's watching, when you don't get credit, the unattractive stuff, not the glamorous stuff, the stuff behind the scenes, not the highlight reel, the behind the scenes consistently over a long period of time. And that is what's going to get you the results that you want. So do you have these three success ingredients? If you only have two, A, that's fine. That's okay. But B, I told you that I would be the friend that would be honest with you. If you asked me if your butt looks good in those jeans, I will tell you, right? I'll tell you if you have toilet paper on your shoe or if you have something in your nose, I will. So if you're asking me what's going to happen if I only have two of them, my answer is you're not going to get it. You're not. Stop trying so hard. You have to have the mindset of being teachable and coachable. You have to have a burning desire in your belly and you have to be willing to show up and do that work consistently over a long period of time. Period. End of story. So if you think of a student, let's go back to that as we wrap up here. You think of a student in a classroom. If that student is absolutely teachable, has a fire in her belly, a desire that the teacher just, oh, just brings a lump to her throat. I can't believe Mary is just so teachable and she has such a strong desire and a willingness to learn. Where's Mary? Hello, Mary? Uh, Mary, okay, here's the deal. I noticed that you didn't turn your assignment in again. You see, what if Mary shows up every single day, front row, bells on, brings an apple to the teacher, teacher's pet, Every day, no matter what, rain or shine, she's there. She's there early. She stays late. What if she has a burning desire? She loves arithmetic. But she's not teachable. She's not willing to do the problems the way the teacher teaches her. She's not willing to embrace the idea that the teacher knows more than her. She wants to be right. She's not teachable. Is it going to work? No. We could pick a number of combinations, but you get it. So these three success ingredients, again, in my observation and my own personal experience, I didn't just observe them. I watched what happened when I told people what success looked like. Then they could actually go for it. I was honest with them. Sally, here's the deal. You don't have all three of these success ingredients. I want this for you and I want this to work for you and I love and appreciate you and you can reach some sort of success, of course. But unless you show up and actually do this work, you're not going to get what you want. Let's just stop talking as if you can. Now, if she decides to be offended or if that hurts your feelings, that's on her, right? You want to deliver it in love and kindness, but you can be clear with people. Kindness is clear, remember. And when I made the decision, as I said before, to not just observe this in people, but to tell them what success looked like so they could go for it, right? What you focus on expands. What you think about, you bring about. 
they could also, again, let themselves off the hook. But what else happened? I then could spot the people who are successful. And my enabling nature wasn't driving the bus anymore. I was loving on everybody and would, you know, make sure that everyone knew the systems to follow, et cetera. But I wasn't staying after work for two hours to help the person who doesn't really care that much. Right. I wasn't getting on the phone to meet a prospective client for someone who's completely not teachable. They don't get on the calls. They don't follow the trainings. They don't follow our system. They never know what the heck's going on. Right. But yet they want me to interrupt my family dinner at six o'clock to meet their, their prospective business partner. When I embraced this as a leader, that's when the game really changed for me. So I already told you that I had more peace and more time and more joy. But what I didn't tell you is that my business ended up growing by 33% three consecutive years. So I made more money and my business grew. The sales of my team grew. The organization grew. And I was working, I don't know, I can't measure it, but I'd say probably about a 10th or let's say 20, a 20% capacity because of this. So I hope you take this, you share it with your colleagues and your teams and your leaders and your friends. I hope you teach this. I hope you embrace this. And I want you to know that when you look at these success ingredients, it's all a choice. You get to decide if you have them or if you don't. Thank you so much for joining me on BU. I know there was something in this episode you were meant to hear. So let me know in a DM on Instagram at Jill Herman BU. Be sure to subscribe to the BU podcast. And if you have iTunes, I would so appreciate you rating the podcast and leaving a comment with your biggest aha or takeaway. Sharing a screenshot of this episode on your story is the best way for us to reach women just like you. And if you send a link to a friend, let her know what unique quality she has that the world needs more of. If this is your first visit, welcome to our BU Collective, where we get honest about what it takes to find our true self so we can set her free and start living.